Hello again running friends, it's James here again and I'm back with another one of my daily running podcasts. I'm actually sitting here on the South Bank in London early evening and I'm watching a lot of runners coming past, most likely running on their way home from work, etc, etc. And I'm kind of reflecting on a conversation I had very briefly on Twitter early on today where we started moving towards talking about the concept of load management for runners with a view to both injury prevention but also um, starting to manage niggles and stop them from becoming full-blown injuries. I said that rather than get deep into it on Twitter, I would actually make a podcast this evening all about load management. So when we think about the injuries that us as runners suffer, mostly they are overuse in nature. So there's some sort of biomechanical overload that's happened to either land us up with something along the lines of your classic your classic uh, usual suspects when it comes to running injuries. So we're talking about things like Achilles tendinopathy, runner's knee, so patellofemoral pain. You've got things like ITB syndrome, things like shin splints, so medial tibial st- stress syndrome. You've got issues like plantar fasciitis, for example. You know, Just to give a handful of injuries, which largely can be put down to the whole concept of biomechanical overload syndrome. And what do I mean by that? Well, from a a point of view of kind of breaking that down a little bit, from a biomechanical perspective, what we're really starting to to allude to when we use that as part of the term is that there's some sort of movement taking place. There's some sort of loading pattern that takes place which leads us to the injury. Um, And from a point of view of how we end up with those injuries, it's some sort of flawed slash dysfunctional movement pattern, um, some sort of movement pattern which lands us up loading a certain tissue in a certain way which then creates a kind of a targeting if you like of the loading and then it becomes exacerbated by a certain degree of loading a certain degree of training so again we can often have various different biomechanical flaws in inverted commas or biomechanical traits which perhaps would uh, theoretically load up one tissue more so than another tissue and get away with it and not have any kind of problem. Uh, It doesn't necessarily always end up with us landing up with injury if we've got one or another typical trait that we often see within runners. So perhaps we see, uh, to keep it simple, things like this kind of valgus position of the knee, the knee drifting in towards the midline, or we see a hip drop. So your typical kind of Trendelenburg gait, to use the proper terms, where we see one, one side of the pelvis just drop to the side as we're loading opposite side leg so we're not controlling around the hip and pelvis well doesn't always equate to injury where it becomes more likely that it will equate to injury is where we start to overlay training load on top so if there's a pattern which means you're going to you're going to particularly target one tissue be that a muscle or a tendon or a bone or a ligament more so um, than you would do if you uh, if you weren't moving in that way, then it may not be a problem if you're not applying specific training load. But if all of a sudden the amount of training load you're doing on top uh, of the uh, the biomechanical trait that we see becomes such that it puts so much load through that, for example, let's say tendon, that it outstrips that tendon's capacity to withstand the load, then there we start to see a bit of a problem. There we might start to see some sort of pathological change to the tendon. So injury starts to take place. So we've got to think about when it comes to uh, rehab, we've got to think about what we can do in terms of reducing the load on the tissue and therefore think about factors that start to create load on the tissue. So obviously, from a simplistic point of view, mileage has to be a factor when it comes to the amount of loading we put through our body. Running is very repetitive in terms of the movement pattern. 
Um, and if there's a, a, a certain trait which is overloading a certain area, adding significant mileage to that or a big step up quickly mileage wise could be the, uh, you know, the reason why it's all of a sudden become problematic. Not just mileage though, intensity as well. So in terms of what we can manage there, we can start to step back a little bit mileage wise, step back a little bit intensity wise, not stop running full stop, but in terms of managing the amount of loading, reducing the amount of loading going through the tissue and reducing your amount of mileage or intensity or indeed frequency begins to sound like the conversation I had last night here on the podcast um, would be a great place to start. But also we need to think about footwear. You know, I'm not to, not to say that you need to necessarily, in inverted commas, correct what you see at the foot in terms of the amount of pronation, the rate of pronation that uh, we see occurring. But the type of footwear you're wearing, first and foremost, needs to be um, appropriate for your foot and your foot, uh, the way in which your foot moves. But even so, if you're doing all your mileage in the same pair of shoes, this begins to sound again like the conversation I had around uh, shoe rotation a few days ago. If you're if you're not mixing it up and you know that you have a tendency to suffer with overuse injuries, then you're going to be giving your foot and your lower leg in particular, so think kind of foot, ankle, lower leg, knee, a very similar workout every single time you run. So instead, thinking about shoe rotation won't be reducing the amount of running you're doing in terms of perhaps mileage, but what it will do is mean that within those different runs, within that weekly volume, you're giving your foot a slightly different workout run by run as you wear a slightly different pair of shoes run by run. On top of that, we can think about landing surface. So even if you're wearing the same shoes, you can mix it up in terms of running on the pavement versus running on the trails versus running on grass versus in some cases running on the beach. You know, there are lots of different types of landing surface and lots of different characteristics that each one of those types will offer in terms of the way your body starts to load over the top of that landing surface as you strike the ground with your foot and, and, and start to bear your body weight over the top. On top of that, we can think about the type of training that again starts to speak to mileage, uh, so volume, frequency, intensity. Um, so the difference between track sessions versus going out and just logging the easy miles. If you've got, again, one of our typical overuse injuries, so you're dealing with high hamstring tendinopathy, knocking the uh, the speed work on the head, perhaps backing off a bit of hill work, knowing that those are two factors which are typically uh, contributing factors or at least exacerbating factors once the injury exists, that would be a good move. Backing off those and just starting to focus on easy pace running it might keep you running where otherwise you might have to stop. Technique, again, another important one. If you know that you overstride as you're running, if you know that you're landing significantly ahead of your center of mass, putting the brakes on, you feel this kind of pounding with each stride, then again, working on making, making shorter, quicker strides will go a long way to help your body um, experience just a, a little bit less of the impact that you naturally are going to experience when you're running. Running is high load, as I said earlier, but the more we can do to learn to run in very basic terms and be a little bit lighter on your feet, then that's got to be a positive. Okay, and then of course training cycles, you know, we're thinking more, I guess, macro here. We're thinking about what we can do every third or fourth week just to take a slightly easier week to give your body a chance to recover properly. So that's the, 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 some of the factors in terms of how we can affect loading of the tissue, what we can do in terms of variables to, to um, begin to manage that. We can also think, on the other hand, about what we can do to improve the capacity of the tissue to withstand the load. So it won't surprise you to hear 
strengthening work, stability work, focusing on areas like uh, recovery, areas like nutrition. So not typically the you know, the areas we perhaps first think about in terms of what we can do to help make, you know, make your body more robust, but recovery and nutrition are so important. So sleep, um, but also thinking about how the body works as a whole kinetic chain. So I say strengthening and stability um, around the injured tissue. You've got to look at what perhaps isn't functioning properly elsewhere in the body to mean that we're actually loading the the injured tissue more so in the first place. Perhaps it's getting more load because something else isn't uh, strong enough, isn't mobile enough to actually be able to load properly. So it's never one or the other. It's never a case of we're just going to work on deloading you and not work on improving the capacity of the tissue to withstand the load. It's always a bit of both. And it's so important to appreciate that we're not in the business of needing to correct a certain flaw. We don't need to suddenly work on the principle we need to correct what's happening at foot level put your special insoles in your shoes orthotics to correct what's happening at foot or to uh, put you in a different pair of shoes that's going to correct your uh, you know your again foot the, the way your foot loads or indeed to work on correcting your running form what we need to do is to be targeted and say that we need to perhaps if you are getting some orthotics we need to understand that that's to offload a certain tissue in a certain way while it's being rehabbed. Um, if we're looking at, again, footwear selections, we need to know what we need to offload. So perhaps if your Achilles is acting up, it might help you to be in something with a little bit more heel-to-toe drop, just to offload that a little bit. Um, and again, from a technique perspective, we don't need to shoot towards this preconceived idea of perfect. In fact, there is no perfect when it comes to running technique. It's more so a case of understanding that perhaps... John has a tendency for his patellofemoral joint, so his, his kneecap to get a little bit angry. Therefore, it would help to actually perhaps work on increasing his cadence, shortening, shortening his stride. Know that that will take a little bit of stress and strain off his kneecap, and it will instead actually ask a little bit more loading of his calf complex, which is, after all, the calf complex is for. So it's a, a process that takes a bit of time, but we can be really targeted with that, rather than trying to get everyone to run in a really, um, a really prescribed kind of way. Anyway, I hope that helps. That's a lot more than I could ever explain on Twitter. If you're enjoying these daily podcasts, then please do head on over to the iTunes store and uh, leave a review, leave a rating, let me know what you're thinking. And of course, I will speak to you tomorrow. Enjoy your running. Speak to you later. Bye now.